0: You are listening to audio from Redeemer Church in Midland, Texas. Redeemer Church is a gospel-centered missional family. If you would like to get more information or donate to this ministry, please visit www.redeemermidland.org. Good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. Hey, it's good to see you. I wanna introduce myself. My name is Jonathan Galvan, and I am the uh, pastor of corporate worship and creative arts here at redeemer and uh, i was born and raised in the dallas area in the city of garland i am a pastor's kid and um, i observed my father pastor uh, the same church for 40 years and uh, i saw some of the struggle and the hardships um, that he faced as a pastor and uh, in my teenage years just kind of said i'm not going to do that uh, I'm gonna do something in the business world. So I went to college and, uh, and pursued a business degree. And um, it was in college that God began to uh, stir my heart with a desire to serve the local church. And um, soon after I graduated from college, I began serving as a worship and college pastor at a church in the Dallas area. And uh, it was there that I met Pastor Jason and Pastor Cameron Pastor Chase, Sarah Bradford, we were all serving at the same church uh, together. And um, I ended up serving there for 10 years and I always had the desire to go to seminary and I had thought I had kind of uh, missed my opportunity uh, to do that. Um, But the Lord opened opportunity two and a half years ago uh, for us to move to Wake Forest, North Carolina so I could go to Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary And uh, our time there looked much different than we had planned. Uh, Soon after we arrived in North Carolina, this was January, 2020, uh, we found out that we had a baby on the way, uh, but a baby that was gonna be born with some medical challenges. And um, thankfully when she was born, we found out she had heart and lung disease. And so actually one of the years that we were there at seminary, I wasn't able to take any classes uh, because we were in and out of the hospital. And uh, it just became very clear to us uh, that God had some different seminars that we needed to take. uh, Classes that we wouldn't be able to learn in a seminary class, uh, but would be able to learn in a hospital room. And uh, just earlier this year, we received the invitation to come to serve here at Redeemer. And so our family, we moved here four weeks ago. My wife, Skylar, we have three children, Lydia Samuel and Ruthie's our youngest, and uh, Lord willing, we have another one coming in October. Uh, but it was, I think, our second day here in Midland. Uh, my wife calls me and she says, "Do you see what is happening outside?" And uh, I said, "No." And I walked outside and over t- kind of towards the north. The sky was kind of brown and gold, and I like, expected to hear trumpets. You know, I was like, "This is it." Like we're going back, we experienced our first, what is it called, a haboob. So we really feel like we're Midland, Midlanders, okay? So we're happy to be here and, um, and look forward to getting to know you. Um, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Luke. We're gonna be in Luke chapter 14. About 10 years ago, I had the opportunity uh, to go on a mission trip to India. We were serving some pastors there. And one of the first nights that we were meeting with the pastors, we began to ask them, Hey, could you just kind of share, share with us how you came to know the Lord? Could you tell, tell us about your journey of following Jesus? And one after one, there became a very common theme that we heard with many of the pastors. Many of them, They grew up in a very devout Hindu home. By God's grace, they heard the gospel. They responded to the good news of Jesus and they gave their lives to Jesus. And every one of them seemed to tell us the same story. It was a story of immense persecution to follow Jesus. They were uh, abandoned by their families. Their families wanted nothing to do with him because they followed Jesus. Uh, They were beaten. And you just heard story after story of the cost of following Jesus being so great. And that just, that really troubled me because I, I just kept thinking, man, the Christianity, this Jesus that they are following on this side of the world seems to cost them so much. And it seems like so much greater than what it costs me to follow Jesus. I just begin to wrestle with that. This morning, this text that we're gonna look at is a very confrontational text. It's a challenging text, I'm not gonna lie to you. But it answers a very important question. What does Jesus demand of us as his disciples? What is it that Jesus wants? There's a danger of having a kind of Christianity that is shaped by our preferences and ideas. Let me say that again. There is a danger in a kind of Christianity that is shaped by our preferences and our ideas and what what God's word is gonna do this morning is remind us. For everybody in the room that says, we love Jesus, we wanna follow him with our lives. It's gonna answer the question this morning, what does Jesus demand? Luke chapter 14, beginning at verse 25, please follow along and your Bibles are on the screen. Now great crowds, accompanied him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross And come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish? Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce All that he has cannot be my disciple. Father, would you speak to us this morning through your word? Father, my words are so weak. But Lord, we ask that you would speak to us this morning. We pray in the name of Jesus. His people said. Here Jesus is at a dinner. In the home of a Pharisee, there's many different kinds of people. People have been following him for weeks. They are curious about this man that heals the sick, has such compassion, teaches with authority. And this passage says that there's a great crowd that's listening to what he says. And what Jesus does is he paints three pictures for them of what it means to follow Jesus. Here's the first picture. Turn with me to look at verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not, what's the word there? Say it a little louder, hate. How's that this for a July 4th weekend passage? Jesus telling you, hate your father, hate your mother, I thought, I thought Jesus was all about love. Man, for, for God so love the world. And here, Jesus is talking to all these people and he says, if you wanna follow me, you must hate your own father, mother, wife, children, brothers, and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Well, let's pray, guys. That's, that's all we got for today. Now, the, the, the word hate doesn't quite give justice in in English for for what is being said. What what Jesus is saying, what the word precisely says sounds more like this. If anyone comes to me and does not love less his own father and mother, it is not so much hate, but what Jesus is saying is if, if you want to follow me you must love less those that are closest to you. What, what, what Jesus is telling them and what he's telling us this morning is if you wanna be my disciple, I require your ultimate love, your ultimate affection. I just want us to, to think for a moment What an amazing example, illustration Jesus has given us. I I want you to think about your devotion, your loyalty to those that are closest to you. My mom and my dad, love them. They call me, they need anything. I'm gonna drop whatever I have to do Because, mijo, I need your help. I need you to go run some errands. Mom, hey, whatever you want, I'm going to do it. Pops, Pops calls, dad, what can I do? Because my loyalty and my devotion is so great. Can anybody relate to that? I would just drop whatever I have for them. But it's somewhat more intensified, I think, when I think about my wife. My wife, Skylar, and I think about my three little babies. Man, I I would do anything for them. There was one night I was fast asleep in my bed. My wife is asleep next to me. And I hear somebody messing with our back door. And something overcame me it was almost like the matrix. I like just came out of my bed like that. And I like rolled out of bed and I grabbed my brass knuckles that I have right next to my bed. And no, I'm just kidding, no brass knuckles, but I, I got up and it's like something possessed me. And I remember just kind of walking down the hallway and I could still hear this noise at the back door. And I was like, I'm about to go all MMA on whatever is on the other side of this door. And there's a curtain there, and I swing the curtain back, and there standing there is a cat. Gosh, cats are the worst. But I I just wondered, I was reflecting on that, like, what happened to me in that moment? This father instinct, it was this love that I have for my children and my willingness to do whatever it takes to stand in the way before. Can anybody relate to that? See, some of you mamas are being quiet. I've seen you mama bears at the playground. I mean, I've seen your eyes when somebody messes with your kid. I'm like, Lord, help us all. Just think about your love, your devotion to those closest to you. And what Jesus says is, if you wanna be my disciple, you must love me with a greater love. If you wanna be my disciple, I want to be first place in your heart. I am worthy of your ultimate affection. This is the first picture that Jesus gives. What does Jesus demands? He wants ultimate love from his disciples. Man, there are so many things that are fighting for the loyalty of our hearts and affections. Whether it be people or things or a certain lifestyle, so many things are fighting to rule your heart. As the, the, the hymn says, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. And Jesus is telling them in this room, he's telling us this morning, I want your ultimate love. And church, we we've gotta be encountered with that question this morning. If you were to be honest with yourself, What has captivated your heart lately? What really dominates your love? And if it is not Christ, it is idolatry. Jesus saying, I want to be your ultimate love. Here's a second picture that he gives. The first is a picture of ultimate love. The second picture he gives, we see in verse 27, turn with me there. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. This is a verse that we've heard many times if you grew up in church at all or have any experience in church. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I think it's important for us to put ourselves in the shoes of those that are hearing these words come out of Jesus' mouth. Last night we were at dinner and I noticed that our waiter had a necklace of a cross. I imagine in this room there are probably um, some people here that maybe have a ring that has a cross on it or or a necklace because it's a symbol of hope. It's a symbol of our salvation, what Christ has done. But I can guarantee you 2,000 years ago, there, were, there was nobody wearing a necklace with a cross on it. Why? Because a cross was a symbol of death. It was an instrument of death. The cross was how the Romans, the Romans executed the worst of people. They would hang the murderers and the thieves on a wooden cross. Public humiliation. See, that, that's how they understood it to be. And here, Jesus is telling them, if you want to be my disciple, pick up this instrument of death. What is, what is Jesus inviting them to. If you want to be my disciple, Jesus is saying, deny yourself. It is a submission. It is a death to your plans. It is a a death to your agenda. The, The way of life that you wanted, Jesus is saying, if you want to come after me, deny yourself. I want to completely change your life, I wanna flip it upside down. This is what Jesus is saying. Several years ago, I received a phone call at the church and there was a, a young believer, a lady that was wanting to meet with a pastor. And I remember sitting down with her and she was telling me how she had recently come to know the Lord. You could tell she was on fire and she was wanting to grow. Somewhere in the conversation, she had also brought her boyfriend. And somewhere in the conversation, it came up that they were living with each other. And I remember telling them, I said, what y'all are currently doing is sin. Say, y'all are living with each other acting as though you're husband and wife, but y'all are not married. I said, we would love to try to help you to figure out different living arrangements. We wanna to try to help you with this. And I will never forget what they said. They looked at me seriously, seriously in the eye and I remember she said, if, if that's what Jesus wants, then that's what we'll do. I just remember being so moved by that. That's it. That is what it looks like to pick up your cross. It's denying yourself and putting yourself under the authority of Jesus. But the the reality is, is there are many who would claim the title Christian that, that like to set up their Christianity like this. Sounds like this. Hey, Jesus, I wanna invite you to my table. Here is the, the, the table of my life. And, and I like to set up my table this way, Jesus. I, I put my plate like this and I put the glass here and the salt and pepper and I set the priorities of my table like this. And Jesus, I wanna welcome you. You are welcome to come sit at my table where I'm the head of the table and I set the agenda. And what Jesus is saying is, that's not at all how it works. I I invite you to my table where I'm the head of the table. I set the agenda. I set the priorities. Jesus gives the disciples these two powerful pictures. If you, what does Jesus demand for us? Ultimate love. Radical obedience. He tells the disciples in Matthew, if your eye causes you to sin, Pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. He's obviously speaking in hyperbole, but there is a radical obedience that is associated with the Christian life. It is a surrender to our plans. the final picture that Jesus gives us, it always catches me by surprise. It's not what I expect. Look at what he says in verse 28 through 33. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all will see it and begin to mock him saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes with him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. What is this third picture that Jesus is giving to these disciples? Count the cost. No man sets out to build a tower and does not calculate Do I have all the materials to complete it? No king sets out to war. It doesn't first think, am I gonna be able to go against this bigger army? Count the cost. There is a danger in doing something halfway. Jesus is telling them, You want to be my disciple? Count the cost. I want all of your love, I want your whole life. And I imagine that there were many who left that dinner. And on the way home, they asked themselves, is this Jesus really worth it? Who, who, who is this guy? Who is this guy that wants my ultimate love? Who is this guy? that's telling me to count the cost, to deny myself. I imagine that there were many that asked the question, is he really worth it? I imagine that there are some here today, when you hear what Jesus demands, maybe somewhere in the back of your mind, you say, gosh, he sure asks a lot. Is he worth it? And see, for for many, it sounds like a harsh invitation. And yet in reality, it's a glorious invitation. Because see, what, what Jesus is doing, he's giving an invitation saying, I wanna give you access to the God of the universe. I wanna give you access to joy that is unspeakable, but it only comes through me I wanna give you access to a resurrection. I wanna give you access to eternal life. Everybody wants a crown, but nobody wants a cross. We're in the stage with our children as we're going on walks and they're learning to ride their bikes and I had to tell them, hey, stop. When we get to the street and I notice my children kind of do one of those, uh, uh, you know that parents, you know what I'm talking about, dad, I'm so upset with you, dad. I just want to ride my bike. And when I'm trying to tell you, no, we live in Midland. Do you see all the trucks that are here? Like they will destroy you. I'm trying to give you life. And that is what Christ is giving. In demanding your ultimate love, in demanding you deny yourself, I'm trying to give you life. As he told the woman at the well, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Are you restless? Are you spiritually thirsty? Do you feel empty? Come to the one who satisfies. His name is Jesus. Come to the King of Kings. Come to the Prince of Peace. Jesus is his name. Church, what does Jesus demand of us? He demands our ultimate love. He demands radical obedience. And he invites us to count the cost. Now I'm just, I'm looking over the room. I imagine that there are some, you've been following Jesus for years 30 plus years. I imagine there's some that maybe you're, you're new to the faith and then there's everybody in the between. I imagine there's some that you're still on the fence, don't know what to think. Wherever you are in your obedience to Christ, the exhortation is, man, let's keep being faithful in our obedience. Let's ask God for grace to empower us to see Christ for who he truly is as worthy of all of our lives, all of our affections. I have in my hand a letter from a missionary by the name of Adam Norm Judson. Adam Norm Judson is one of my heroes of the faith. He was a missionary to Burma. Right after college, God began to do an incredible work in his heart. And he began to have an enormous burden for the nations to take the gospel to places who had never heard the gospel. And as he was in the process to relocate to the other side of the world, he met a girl. Her name was Anne and he decided he wanted to marry her. And so he wrote this letter to her father asking for her hand in marriage. Listen to to what he says. I have now to ask whether you can consent to part with your daughter early next spring and to see her no more in this world. Whether you consent to her departure and her subjection to the hardship and sufferings of missionary life, whether you can consent to her exposure to the dangers of the ocean, to the fatal influence of the Southern climate of India, to every kind of want and distress, to degradation, insult, persecution, and perhaps a violent death, Can you consent to all this for the sake of him who left his heavenly home and died for her and for you, for the sake of perishing immortal souls, for the sake of Zion and the glory of God? Can you consent to all this in the hope of soon meeting your daughter in the world of glory with the crown of righteousness, brightened with acclamations of praise, which shall I resound to her by heathens saved through her means from eternal woe and despair. And her father said, Anne, it's up to you. And Anne wrote this letter to one of her friends named Lydia and she says this i feel willing and accept in if nothing in providence prevents to spend the rest of my days in this world in heathen lands Yes, Lydia, I have about come to the determination to give up all my comforts and enjoyments here, sacrifice my affections to relatives and friends and go where God in his providence shall see fit to place me. Church, what does Jesus demand of us? Ultimate love and radical obedience, no matter the cost. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how it reminds us It realigns us. And Lord, this is such a hard word. Lord, it reminds us that that you want to be our ultimate love and affection. Lord, you want us to deny ourselves. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would I continue to speak to your people to reveal areas in our lives where our love and affection are tied up into the things of this world. Would you, by your spirit, Lord, show areas where we we are unwilling to deny ourselves. Lord, would you remind us of the invitation that you have given to us an invitation to life an invitation to know the Father through the Son Would you minister to your people today, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Church. If you want to connect with us at Redeemer, we would love for you to visit us at a service in person or visit us online at www.redeemermidland.org.